Welcome to Her Sports Convo with Ashley Wilson. Hey y'all, welcome back. Crazy to see you here again. Happy Thursday. I hope you had a good one last week. I hope you have a good one this week. Merry Christmas Eve. If you celebrate Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy Thursday. You know, just another day. But it's okay. We love them all here. A lot has happened this week. You know, the NBA is starting back up. And uh, it's going to be a good year. You know, we have James Harden still not really wanting to be a part of the Houston Rockets. You know, we have Kyrie burning sage at stadiums where he's about to play. I I just feel like it's going to be a very headline-filled NBA season. So come back next week, most definitely, when we talk about all the Christmas games, all the games that happened on the 22nd. But in this week's intro, since the episode with Madison is a little long, I really wanted to focus on talking about the college football playoffs because, as most of you should know by now, you know, one through four came out on Sunday. You have Alabama playing number four. Notre Dame, you have Clemson, number two, playing number three, Ohio State. And then you have, you know, everyone else that's on the outside. You have Texas A&M, who came in in fifth. You have Oklahoma, who came in sixth, which Oklahoma was ranked number 11 before they played in the Big Joel Championship. And Cincinnati was ahead of them. Now, I know Cincinnati is in that athletic American whatever conference and it's a group of five and Oklahoma is in the big 12 and that's a power five but if one week before you considered this team to be in the top 10 almost in you know the college football playoffs and now a week later they still win their championship now they're not even a top 10 team like that's that's really disrespectful and you're just moving Oklahoma up just because they're the Big 12 champs. I truly do think these teams that aren't in the Power 5 conferences, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Pac-12, should create their own college football playoffs because really you're playing a game that you're never going to win. They've made it very obvious you're never going to win. You know, you could bring up circumstances, again, like Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina, and yeah, they're obviously not going to stack up competitive wise against these teams and they don't have you know all these star recruits and all these other things that are going on but you say you need a undefeated record they got it you say they need big wins they go out and they go get them but you still don't reward them with you know the golden ticket to the college football playoffs and this year would have been the best year ever to try out you know expanding the playoffs like no one's asking them to do 64 teams like the NCAA tournament because that's ridiculous but 8 12 16 like that that's not gonna hurt anyone for you to expand it to 16 teams this year at least because it's already a wild year by that you give people to try out if it works in your best favor guess what you got it something new to do if it doesn't we tried it it didn't work now stop asking us to expand to more teams That's all I'm saying. Obviously, they're probably not going to do that. So these group of five teams can go off, have their own college football playoffs, and it works. And they they get to crown their own championship because, hey, if the big kids aren't letting you play, guess what you need to do? Create your own game and play that. Come on, group of five. Stop stop trying to get in to where they're getting because they show you year after year after year that they just don't want you there. They don't want you to be a part of it. It's not your club. Start your own thing. Start your own thing. 
and maybe you'll get enough traction and you'll get enough attention that more people would want to see, you know, the two top dogs go against each other because in the FCF, they have a bracket system and it's the top 20 teams and they do it, you know, old school tournament bracket system and it works. No one FCS complains about it. The same team has constantly won that same bracket year after year after year. So it gives people the opportunity. That's what I feel. And I feel like literally everyone else, especially those players for Texas A&M, it doesn't give people the opportunity to play against them. And yeah, the committee, they have, you know, their New Year's Six Bowl games and they want, you know, good games and they want big teams with big names and big sponsors to be shown on their TV so obviously they can like afford this college football playoff but it gets kind of boring seeing the same teams over and over again like the likelihood that it's going to be Alabama versus Clemson knock on wood because I won't be able to win (laughs) is that it's very high you know what I mean because Clemson and Ohio State played each other in last year's college football playoff and Ohio State They had a very bad call. It did not go in their favor. They had a few bad calls that did not go in their favor. And I'm not saying these games are rigged, but, you know, the committee wants to see another Bama versus Clemson. You know, they're going at it for the 100th time. And Ohio State, don't get me wrong, it's a very good team. Justin Fields, great quarterback. But they barely won against Northwestern. It was their worst game of the year. And let's not, again, forget that they only had six wins, which is another thing why I think you should expand to more teams, especially this year, because they played six games. These other teams played 10, almost 11 games. And I mean, yeah, it's not Ohio State's fault that they're in a conference that didn't start until Thanksgiving and a lot of their games got canceled, but they always talk about, we're looking at the big picture, we're looking at everything that encompasses we're looking at the head-to-head we're looking at the conference championships this year was not a normal year so do things that aren't normal i.e the big 10 every time it comes around they're changing the rules so it can benefit ohio state like they changed their 21 day you sit out if you have COVID rule to now it's a 17 day because if it was 21 days and they wouldn't be able to play the semifinal or the national championship so Change the rules, playoff committee. It's not working. I mean, you get the same result at the end of the year very often. LSU was a check, but everyone kind of knew LSU was going to also win the national championship. People love March Madness because they don't know what's going to happen. They can't predict it every year, and they want to see the crazy upset. They want to see that stuff, but you're not giving people that. You're giving people generated predictive wins, and that's not what people want to see. Even though people might tell you, I want to see... This is this every year. That's not what they want to see. They don't know what they want. People love March Madness because it's unpredictable. Just give the people what they want, y'all. On this week's episode of Welcome to the Convo, we have Madison Dean. She was a Babe Ruth World Series champion. She's won so many other accolades in high school softball and golf. And I couldn't imagine anyone else to end up our holiday special series. Tell us about how you got started in softball and all that good stuff. First off, I started in Winterville playing t-ball and I was like one of the only girls on the team. So my parents were like, let's try to find somewhere else for you to play where you can play with other girls and you're not one of the only girls on the team. And 
you know, develop yourself because they could tell that I was really enjoying myself playing t-ball. So they wanted to kind of see if there was somewhere else where I could continue with softball. So that's when I started playing at Sarah Law when I was about five. And then I just played rake ball up until about uh, 10 U. And then at that age, I got into travel ball and all-stars and traveling for um, state tournaments and regionals and the World Series, like you said. And that was my 12 and under year and played in middle school and high school and varsity in high school. And I tried out golf to do something fun and just try something different to keep myself a little bit active during the off season when we weren't having workouts. So going back, let's talk about the Babe Ruth World Series. Like tell us about that experience. Tell us about all of it. The World Series was in Alachua, Florida. And it was a it was in the beginning of August during the summer. So it was very hot. And I remember our coach saying at the beginning of the all-star season when we started practicing, he said, now by the time we make it to the World Series, y'all are gonna have to run 25 suicides at practice. And we were like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) So building up to that practice, we did one and then the next practice we would do two, so on and so forth until we got to the practice before we left for World Series. And sure enough, we did all 25 in the hot summer. It was horrible. But when we got to Florida for the World Series, it was so hot out there and all these other teams were having to get um, medical teams brought in because they had girls passing out because it was so hot. And our coach was like, all right, y'all ready to run your suicides? And so because everyone got a practice day before we started. So we were on our practice day and just going over stuff. And we started off the practice with our suicides. And I remember all the other teams on the field stopping and looking at us like, wow, that's going to be the team to beat right there because all of us are out here dying (laughs) and they're out there running suicides in the heat. But it was a fun experience. That night we got to... We had like an ice cream party and we got to meet all the other teams and it was a lot of fun. And when we made it to the championship game, we had developed a good relationship with other teams. So it was cool to have girls from other teams cheering for us in the stands. And it's just a fun experience. And of course, winning made it a lot I better. Mean, I mean, obviously, who wouldn't want to win? But for all y'all out there who, you know, missed the first part of that conversation, Madison and her team were like 12 years old out here running 25 suicides in the middle of the Florida right. heat. So could you imagine being a 12 year old little girl and seeing other 12 year old and under little girls out there running suicides and you're like over here laying on your mom's lap half dead from heat shirt in the Florida heat. So that's that's good. You know, y'all put in that little intimidation factor. You know, you like spike right. them up and, you know, y'all won. But like, how is the story getting there? You know, like you had to like win a couple games is it kind of the only thing I can relate it to is like the Little League World Series because unfortunately that's the only one that comes on TV but (laughs) I know um so yeah with us being Babe Ruth for with being at Sarah Law normally teams have to play districts to qualify for the state tournament 
but we didn't have to play districts um, since we were pretty much the only Babe Ruth team in our area. Everyone else was Little League. Um, we just automatically qualified for state tournament. And it was basically a double elimination tournament and you had to win a certain amount of games. They already had who you were gonna be playing and uh, based off your wins, you know, that's who you would play next and like the, the winner's bracket. And since uh, we did lose one game in the state tournament and that was like a wake up call for all of us. And we didn't lose another game after that. Um, but we went undefeated in regionals and that was also double elimination and then undefeated in the World Series. So the team that played in the championship game would have had to have beaten us twice in order to win since we were undefeated and everyone else had a loss. But yeah, it was fun to play teams from all over. I wish it was more like an actual World Series. Mm-hmm. For us, for Babe Ruth, it was more just like a USA series since we only play teams from America and from nowhere else. But like Little League does. So that would be something that I wish I could have experienced. But some teams from other countries didn't have Babe Ruth. So it's okay. But now at Sarah Law, they're Little League now. So they can play in the Little League World Series and they're actually hosting it here, which is really cool. We didn't get to play it this year, but I think that's great for Little League and Sarah Law and Greenville itself to be able to host it for the next four or five years. Yeah, that exposure is really cool. And, um, you know, it the Little League World Series takes place in, like, August. You know, for the guys, it comes on TV. But for our little girls, our little lady friends, you know, we're just stuck on the Internet. But that's fine. We'll get there one day. I think they're, the Little League girls have come on TV, the older ones, but I'm not sure about the younger ones. It's like the, uh, the 14, 16-year girls. They get a TV appearance, but... Other than that, the little ones don't. Yeah. Maybe one day me and Madison could like talk to ESPN. We can figure out a little deal. And, you know, we can get them on That's TV. Right. You know, just a little just a little pressure. <laughs> just a little pressure. They'll, they'll get us there. But Madison played softball for basically her entire life, the entire time I've known her. And she really, you know, excelled in her time at high school. Like Madison, superstar. I just knew my girl Madison was, you know, going off, going places, doing all the things. <laughs> but, you know, Madison decided to choose a different journey. So, Madison, tell us about that. It was about my junior, the end of my junior year of high school, which is typically like your biggest recruiting year when you're really going to all the camps and trying to figure out where you want to play in college. And I did that at the beginning of my junior year and sophomore year. And then I decided, I was like, I don't know if this would be the best path for me to play ball in college because I was starting to see what my path would look like if I did choose to play ball. And it was most likely going to be at a smaller school. And I knew I had the grades to go somewhere better than that. And I didn't want to my education to suffer a little bit just for me to be able to continue to play ball for only four more years since there was no journey for me outside of college to where I can make a living off of it professionally. So I just basically made the decision that it would be best to solely focus on my education and 
go to a bigger school, which is when I ultimately chose to go to ECU because they have great healthcare programs and I want to do physical therapy. And um, now that I'm working at the student store on campus, it's really made me realize how much I've been able to do that I decided not to play ball. Because if I was playing, obviously I wouldn't have been able to have a job because playing would have been the job itself. And I mean, I have the work ethic for, I would have loved doing all the workouts and everything, but I knew that getting the education was what was going to put me in a career, not playing softball for four more years. So I wanted to just focus on that. And I knew it had to end one day. So ending it sooner was probably the better decision for me. That I knew that had to be, you know, tough because when you're like 16, 17, or even when you start playing softball at like six, you don't like imagining it end it one day. So the fact that you had right. to make that tough choice, like you had the option and you decided your education is, it's admirable. And I really do admire you for that. You know, never had the experience myself, but you know, some <laughs> of us were just, you know, average Jays out here just doing it for funs and giggles, but <laughs> You know, I, I really do admire you for making that decision because, like you said, it's hard. And it is very hard. Yes. You know, I I miss playing sports and I, you know, didn't even have the opportunity to keep going. But the fact that, you know, you decided to do that, I know that had to be, you know, really tough. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, even though I'm not playing anymore, I still want to stick with it. So I did that fall after my senior year when I was done playing. I, um went with a couple of the girls that I played with at South Central and we coached a little six U team at Sarah Law. So it was really cool to see, I guess, my whole journey come full circle with me starting out as a little six U player out there and then my whole journey ending and then me being one of the coaches out there with the six U girls and kind of starting their journey. So it was really cool for me to be able to share my I guess softball IQ with little girls and uh, just be there for them as they start their journey and hopefully get them as excited about playing softball as I was at that age. And of course, at that age, all they care about is getting snacks after games and everything. So their attention span wasn't all that great, but it was still fun working with them. And I could tell they had a good time uh, learning from older girl who had played and not as much as regular coach which is any coach is fine but I know for me learning from girls who had played in college or high school and had played their whole life was definitely more of a I guess advantage for me as a player because they had a lot more knowledge on stuff than some maybe someone who didn't play had so if that was really fun for me to continue being in the sport even though I wasn't playing and then I helped out at South Central some uh, before their season got cut short um, and hopefully when we can get back to sports and everything and I would love to continue coaching and maybe doing some private lessons with girls um, that want to learn more about uh, things that I did when I was playing so. I you I can imagine being literally the best coach Madison's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life and Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> that you know you out there you know helping back and as they say you know giving back to the community that built you and you know really 
putting all your knowledge into someone else and not, you know, like it can be hard and it can be sad. And the fact that you're trying not to take it as, well, this is how I'm interpreting it, obviously, but trying not to, you know, leave it and make it in a sad experience in a way to kind of like turn it around on its head and taking it as an opportunity. You know, you're like, I was able to get a job and I was, you know, able to coach because obviously you wouldn't have been able to coach if you were playing, you right, know, you yeah. decided to spin it and make it a better opportunity than you probably would have had if you decided to play. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely able to experience more things and have new opportunities that I didn't have before when I was playing ball because that was the only opportunities that I really have because it takes up so much of your time and it's really, you know, you eat, sleep and breathe it pretty much. And I loved it at that point. And now I just, you know, wanted to eat, sleep and breathe something else and more than one thing. So I've definitely, it was hard and it was, I questioned myself a couple of times, like, am I making the right decision? But I knew ultimately that I was when I was able to see how much more I could do when that wasn't in my life anymore. Completely agree. Um, you know, play travel sports for six years myself, and you don't realize how much time you're spending until you're not spending the time doing it. And you're like, wait. Right, exactly. Or you look at your friend group and you're like, hmm, I have no friends outside of sports that I play because you don't ever spend time with anyone else you practice with them you play with them sometimes you have sleepovers with them you go out to eat with them that's pretty much it <laughs> you see other people at school but that's it <laughs> exactly and not saying that we're not saying that there's anything wrong with that but you know you gotta diversify your population you know that's um, right yeah and that's why I've loved it so much more that I'm not playing sports is I've been able to meet so many new people and just um, become friends with people that I wouldn't have been able to be friends with if I was still playing sports because all of my time would be devoted to that. So I've really enjoyed that part of being able to meet new people. And of course, people do that in college anyway, but I wouldn't have been able to hang out with them outside of school um, if I hadn't made the decision to stop playing sports. So yeah, that's definitely been something else that I'm thankful for. Talking about kind of like, I don't want to say like finding yourself outside of softball, but that's kind of what you were doing. What did you know, what are some things that you would like to share with us that you like didn't know you liked or you were interested in? I really don't do all that much to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> I pretty much work all the time whenever I'm not doing schoolwork. Um, but, you know, being in that sport mindset when I was younger, I said, well, my job has to be in sports. So I wanted to um, be a sports agent and work with professional athletes, you know, had this big head that I was going to make a lot of money and everything. But I was like, come on now, that's probably not going to be the best path to go. So um, right around the same time I decided to stop playing sports is when I really wanted to do um physical therapy because I really liked helping people and um, just wanted to see that uh, positive impact that I could make on someone and a little more I wanted to do PT versus like a doctor or something because I feel like they get to have more of a personal um, I guess experience with their patients because they really get to grow on that bond and learn more about them than kind of 
performing a procedure and then sending them on their way. I mean, doctors do have a good relationship with their patients, but with PTs, you're seeing them multiple times a week for more than one week and you get to learn more about them and you know, their strengths and weaknesses and you know what does work for them and what doesn't. So that was one thing that once I stopped playing and everything, everything sport related wasn't on my mind. And I was like, I could see myself doing this. So that was one thing that I learned that, that I would really love to do. And then one thing that I do in my free time when there's nothing else to do, I love to put together some puzzles now. Let me tell you, that's like one of my favorite things to do. I have put together so many thousand pieces ones, 2000 piece ones, some of the little smallest puzzles in the world. That is really like what I love to do in a lot of free time that I have. And it just takes my mind off of stuff and makes your mind work at the same time. And I really didn't have time to do that before because it was coming home late yeah. from practice and everything. But I mean, just little stuff like that then that I've um, loved to do. And then being able to work, I've learned so many things at work that I wouldn't have been able to learn before. And so, yeah, I don't really do all that much, but. But Madison is not like about to enter a marathon or anything. Right. But, you know, I really think that you hit on such a really good point right there where you were saying how you were able to open up your mind about a future career or something because you decided to take that step back. I feel like um, when you play sports or you're, you know, really good at sports, you know, people just kind of put you in a hole or pigeonhole you you know, about what your next step could be. Um, Obviously not as much with female sports as they are with male sports, but it's the same thing on the same level. As you said, you know, you just were like, hey, I'll be a sports agent. I'll be, you know, the next, you know, clutch sports owner, you know. But the fact that you realized stepping back a little bit that that wasn't, you know, necessarily what was going to make you happier, what you were most interested in, and even when you were kind of conflicted between, you know, the doctor and the PT, you know, you decided what you like more. And I, I think that's really nice and something a lot more people should talk about is, you know, the fact that people do pigeonhole athletes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're playing a sport, you can't imagine your life without it, basically. So you literally want everything that you do in your life to revolve around sports. You just want to watch sports on TV. You just want to, every time you go outside, you want to do something sports related. You imagine yourself as a a pro athlete. You know, when you're younger and you get to dress up for career day, all the kids that play sports, they dress up as professional athletes. I know I did it one time. I dressed up as a pro softball player, even though I knew I wasn't even remotely possible. Um, And I imagine my future career being something sports related and PT can still deal with athletes but it can also deal with other people so that's why I really wanted to focus on that too and um not that uh you know when I go back and said that uh being a pro softball player wasn't remotely possible for those of you out there that don't know there are professional softball leagues I know I've seen several people that comment well there's not even professional softball leagues I'm like yes there is you just gotta look for it we don't get that much you know television time and everything but um athletes unlimited just came out uh 
this summer and absolutely loved watching that. And I thought that was a great um, growth for the sport of softball. And it was really a cool way to um, kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's a cool way to do the sport and kind of like a fantasy league all these girls get to play on different teams and with different athletes and you don't have set teams for uh, every game. And I just really enjoyed watching it. I wish softball was on TV more and um, it's not. And sometimes I understand the reasons behind it. Sometimes I don't, but, you know, have my own opinion on that. <laughs> you know, being a softball player, you weren't, you know, a softball player now and athletes limited wasn't even like a thing on your mind, but the thing I loved about seeing athletes unlimited, you know, like aside from it, you know, being women's sports is that it really focuses on um, small market sports or, you know, not as famous sports because they right. are adding lacrosse now and they have volleyball and volleyball. I, yes. And I truly feel like, you know, they are focusing on, you know, two really big topics that people should be talking about right now, women's sports and small market sports because I feel like a lot of people are like oh I don't want my kid to you know keep playing soccer because they're not going to be a famous star exactly they're not going to make millions of billions of dollars and if that's not the possibility why you know put them in that position oh yeah for sure I love what Athletes Unlimited is doing you know when I first heard of the idea I was like oh this is probably going to be something for a guy's board but seeing how they've right now have only chosen to focus on women in sports is really great and they're creating so many opportunities for female athletes that they wouldn't have had before because don't quote me on this but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure watching the softball season and they were talking about what was coming for volleyball I think they said that there um, wasn't a U.S. league for professional volleyball so I think this is the first one Mm -hmm, and that's really great to see that is how much this um this league is really growing sports for female athletes and and there's some girls that were on Athletes Unlimited that I had never really heard of all that much before so um it just goes to show all these opportunities that some athletes may not have gotten before and it's just really cool. I really liked all the recognition they were getting and all the sponsors that the league did and um, how they were really letting the athletes make their own decisions because there were no general managers or coaches or anything. So the athletes had a say into everything that went on and the athletes were on the board for the league, for the sport. And I just really loved that whole aspect of their like no one else made the decisions for them and they got a say in everything and they made the league flow and that was just really cool for me me too you know not only seeing you know because I feel like a lot of people when they think of you know big sports or they think of like the WNBA the NBA the NFL all those you know high ticket people they don't realize that athletes are the thing that make those leagues go but they have the smallest amount of opinion in them right and the fact that Athletes Unlimited, every single one of them are able to make the decisions. You know, in the NHL and the NBA, as I said, they do have players associations that talk with the owners and talk with them. But at the end of the day, the people who really truly make the decisions are the owners 
and the commissioners. So for Athletes Eliminate to just be like, nope, we don't want to do that. We want to give athletes all the money, all the control. And I feel like that's really where sports should be heading. And don't even get me started on college sports where pay those people. It's ridiculous. (laughs) That's right. Big argument right there. But I definitely, like you said, other sports have players associations, but you know who really makes the final decisions and all those things. And um, yeah, I, I mean, during Athletes Unlimited, they had uh, like some people that would basically stand and coach third. And if uh, the team captains were like a pitcher, for instance, and they were pitching that game, they would pass the torch to um, one of those assistants basically and say, hey, can you make some of these decisions for me? that's still ultimately them making the decision. And um, other than that, everything else was their decisions. They got to pick their players. They got to pick who played where, who batted where, and what they were, well, not what they were wearing because that depended on the team rank. But um, yeah, I loved it. It was so cool to see all the decisions being made by players. And like I said, the mix in teams to where you could have these two girls playing on one team next week and, switching teams and playing against someone else the week after that and just seeing the whole point system and how it was still a team sport, but there's also some individual aspects to it. Um, But I liked how none of the players seemed greedy or anything like, well, I want to get all this playing time because I want to try to get the most points and everything. You can see how everybody was still playing as a team and wanting what was best for their team. And I really liked that. Madison did play golf. She did even play a little bit of basketball back in her day. And she dabbled <laughs> okay. in a little volleyball. What, how, how did we get into that? What, what was our, you know, choices? More, more on the basketball, volleyball side, you talked a little bit about golf. But how did we get into that? So basketball, it was my seventh grade year at A.G. Cox. And I didn't try out. So... Coach Dillon Hunt gave me the silent treatment all the way up until my eighth grade year because I didn't try out for basketball. And so my eighth grade year, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of it. Sick of the silent treatment. So I was like, just forget it. I'm going to try out for basketball. Can't be but so bad. And he said, you know what, Madison? You're going to be point guard. I said, okay, that makes perfectly good sense for someone who's never played basketball before to be the best ball handler on the team. Okay, that makes sense, still a hunt. <laughs> but um, I just remember during the season, I was awful. I wasn't all that great. Um, I did, at the end of the season, I got the, um, the award for the highest three-point percentage because it was 100%. I shot twice and made both of them the whole season. <laughs> I think I finished the season with like 13 whole points. So, um, no, I wasn't that great at it, but it was fun to try something new. And Dylan Hunt was the one that got me into that because he said, you're fast, so you'll be good at basketball. I'm like, well, if I can't dribble it while I run, it really doesn't matter. True. But um, I was better than I thought I was going to be, though. But I definitely did not want to shoot at all. I was more of a, once I get it, it's going to somebody else and they can shoot it. (laughs) But volleyball, that was just something that I wanted to try out myself and honestly surprise myself with how I was able to play and shocked that the coach wanted me as libero. Um, I remember (laughs) 
the very first workout that I went to, I never done anything volleyball related before. And I was so nervous. And I remember we were doing a drill where we were just practicing receiving serves and the first person served and I go to try to pass it and it hit me right in the face. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, I might be one workout and done with volleyball after today. But um, you know, after I was done with my embarrassment and had to walk off for a second, I was like, okay, we can do this. And I definitely started enjoying it and only lasted for one year because I knew high school volleyball just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy my time playing volleyball in middle school and just wanted to try something different. You know, I wanted to try every sport in the, if I possibly could. I wanted to do track as well, but it was during softball season, so wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's really good, you know, because especially if you're, you know, known for being good at one thing, if y'all didn't know, you know, Madison had already won, you know, the Babe Ruth World Series by the time she was in eighth grade, you know, superstar. And so the fact (laughs) that, you know, she still wanted to experience new things, because again, going back to that whole pigeonhole thing, she could have just been like, I'm a softball player, that's it, that's Madison Dean's. But you still put yourself out there to try new stuff. That's right. And I, when I got to high school, um, I had played golf when I was little. Um, and, you know, then it doesn't really count. You aren't all that great at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't played since then. I'd gone with my dad to the golf course just to drive the golf cart and be his little caddy. But um, other than that, I didn't stick with it. But our golf coach was also our softball coach at South Central. So he was kind of one that asked me to come play because they're running low on players because not that many people want to play golf. So I decided to um, go out my junior year and surprise myself again with that, with um, how well I did. Um, and then my senior year, I was like, well, I had a lot of fun last year, so I'm definitely going to try out again. And um, our whole golf team my senior year was – just girls from the softball team. So softball team made up the golf team. Um, so that was fun playing with girls that I played with on softball and actually qualified for the regionals um, my senior year and made all conference <laughs> my senior year, which really surprised me. And that's something that anybody that plays golf should stick with it, um, especially if you're a female, because one, that's one of the most unused scholarships that colleges have because not that many people play it. And two, as you go into the workforce, you know, sometimes they have meetings or whatever um, outside of work where the men will go and play golf. And if you're one of the female co-workers that knows how to play golf yourself, you're really putting yourself out there and you can join in on the conversation that you probably would have been left out of Um so, yeah, and you can play it till you're, you know, 95 and checking in the knees because it's just a sport that anyone could play pretty much. And it's a lot of fun. Very frustrating at times. And you would think that I can, if I can hit 65-mile-an-hour fastball coming at me in softball, I can hit a ball sitting on the ground. But sometimes it's not quite that simple. <laughs> so your dad was your coach mm-hmm. for in high school for a little bit. How was that, you know? Well, um, he actually coached me some in travel ball. He was our travel ball coach for about a season or two. And 
it's definitely nice at times to have your dad there as your coach, but also very frustrating at times because, you know, a normal coach wouldn't get on you as much as your dad being a coach would. And I know there was one time I was up to bat and he was coaching third and he gave me a sign and I missed it. And it was supposed to be a bunt and I didn't square around to bunt and I missed the sign. And I looked back at him and he was over like shaking his head and scuffing all frustrated. Sorry. I mean, come on. You know, you wouldn't have that reaction if it was anybody else up to bat. I mean, yeah, you'd be frustrated that they missed the sign, but you wouldn't be throwing a little fit over there. But it was definitely nice to have my dad. You know, I would not have been the player that I was without him. He went out to the field with me whenever I wanted to get some extra reps and would throw BP to me whenever I wanted to hit some more. And he was drove me to every single ball tournament, got up early. Um, we drove eight hours to a Tennessee camp one day. Um, he just was just there with me for everything. And like I said, I could not have been the player I was without him, but him being a coach is definitely frustrating. I would not recommend it. <laughs> I mean, it's great to have your dad there um, in the dugout with you and um, in the game, but you feel like one little mistake and you're like, oh my God, the coach is going to be pissed mm-hmm. at me. And because the coach is your dad. So, and it's, yeah. you're honestly a little bit on pins and needles when you're in the middle of the game because you know your dad's not in the stands. He's in the dugout and you have to go back to the dugout when the inning's over with and everything. So, I loved it at times, but also hated it at times for sure. Yeah, shout out Coach Deans, you know. Ricky Bobby. He really ins- <laughs> <laughs> You know, he got Madison here with us today, and we, who knows where we'd be at without him. Shout out to all the dads. That's right. We don't really talk about the dads on this podcast enough, but shout out to the dads. Since you're up here on Christmas Eve, you, it, it'd be a disservice if we didn't, you know, tell if you didn't tell us your holiday memory, the best one you got. When we lived at our old house, I was probably three or four, and I got a guitar for Christmas. And my, I, we still have the video and everything. And I had a whole concert with, in my diaper. Maybe I wasn't three or four. No, I was in my door because I wasn't wearing diapers then. And my hair was crazy, but I just kept playing and playing and playing and I have watched that video so many times and you know anyone who's having a bad day or anything can just watch the video and it will make you bust out laughing because it's absolutely hilarious this little three or four year old girl out here playing the guitar singing about uh born Jesus and all these other things and at the end of the video, I said, okay, it's that other lady's turn to come listen to the concert talking about my mom, you know, call her this other lady. But that was definitely one of my favorite Christmas memories. Um, I don't remember it, but watching the videos, I know what happened. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Madison, the superstar, Hannah Montana canceled Madison Deans. Yes, I Madison got you. Deans in the first. <laughs> I got you. Thank you for coming on, Madison coming on for being our season finale well I don't really keep track of seasons because I'm kind of lazy but you know wrapping up the holiday season here on Horse Sports Convo thank you for coming and let everybody know where they can find you what's next what you're up to so yes thank you for having me Ashley and Merry Christmas happy holidays everyone stay safe out there um don't party too hard during Christmas 
can find me on Instagram at madison.deans, I believe. I had to remember what it was. Um, have a Twitter. I think it's the same thing, maybe with the underscore. ECU right now, majoring in exercise physiology, hoping to uh, have a, a three-year doctoral degree, doctorate of physical therapy. Um, not a PhD, just three-year degree forget how to pronounce it sometimes, hoping to do physical therapy in the future, you know, help some people out recover from their injuries and procedures and um, working at the student store on campus. So if you're an ECU student, come visit me, please buy some stuff uh, from the store. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Find me on my social media and let me know if you want to talk about anything. You know, I'm here for anyone that just needs to talk about stuff. You know, I'll be ear to listen. Yeah, that's why we love Madison. Thank you so much for coming on, Madison. Yes, thank you, Ashley. That's going to be it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. As always, like, comment, rate, subscribe wherever you decide to listen to your podcast at. Head on over to Instagram and follow at Her Sports Convo Podcast to stay up to date with all things at Her Sports Convo. Thanks again, Madison, for coming on. It was so much fun talking to you. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And also, big shout out to all the other four guests I had on during our holiday special. If you didn't figure it out, I had guests from Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve. So shout out to all y'all who came on. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you missed one, go back and listen to it. They're all great. They're all really good people. And as always, be safe, have fun, and don't be afraid to join the convo.